Good morning. Two items before we go back to our introduction to Chizkiyahu HaMelech. Uh, one is the discussion we're having last week and two weeks ago with Gary Aris, Gary Arias. One more Mahalach. We were wondering, the Pasuk seems to indicate they're doing over the whole time. And it even said, Adi Yemazah, so how can there be a shita that it's Gary Emes? There are Rishenim on the Sugi and Shas that hold that the original person sent to quote unquote be Magaya them to save them from the lions was a real Talmud Chacham, not one of the Asaras Shratim who went to Gullus, like Rashi says. And he really taught them what they had to know. And the time of the Geras, they were Makabal, which would explain how they could be Yeshita Gary Emis, and also explain why the lions stopped eating them. Our kasha from last week and two weeks ago. And there are Rishanim that say that, Beferish, the din by Geras is once you're Makabal for real, it has to be real. But if it's real, at the mikveh, at the bris. And they accept it, and they know deep down they really accepted it, even if they go off and the Chaz of the Siro, 10 minutes later, the Geras is Chal, and that's Yisrael Nashumid. That's tricky how to figure that out. What was their real intent? Sometimes it's painfully obvious there was no intent and they were never interested in keeping Shabbos and never had the capability of doing so and all the other mitzvahs. Sometimes it's less than clear. And that sheet of Gary Emes will have to read the Pasuk that Adi Yemazeh, they were doing Avodah together with the new religion shortly after they really decided they're quitting everything and doing the true religion and they never followed through. But they planned on it, and for a few minutes they had a real Kabbalah, and for the first 10 minutes they weren't doing Avodah Zarah, so it's quite possible the Geras would be Chal. The other Shita that we're working with the entire time has been, it's easy to read into the Pasuk, I don't want to take sides in Machalik Sushenim, and that they never got off the ground, the guy who taught them was an Amaritz, and never really went anywhere. And the question is then, how do you learn the Shita of Geri MS? never got off the ground, and why did the lions stop eating them? That's what we were working on the past few weeks. Yes? It depends totally, well, if they said they're being macabre and objectively it looks like they were, and then they said they weren't, we don't believe in them, that's called Dvarm Shabalei Ben Dvarm. However, unfortunately today, and it's a stroll especially, they, you know, they say we're signing up for the army, we believe in the uh, in the Medina, but it's clear to everybody there, they're not interested, their friends aren't, they're not interested in keeping anything, then it's not just Dvarim Shabalev, it's objective observation, in which case, even if they say, yeah, we were macabre, but they never did anything, that's uh, harder to prove that it was Chal. So it depends on a lot of circumstances. It's a pretty sticky, sticky subject, sometimes difficult to figure out. Uh, so just wanted to mention that that's still part of the, not as the Machleik, as the Mepharshim, and the Navi, it's, it's really Machleik Sushanim, in the uh, sugis of Geras, what really happened, and whenever this appears in the Gemara, there's a Chalitz Rash and the Rabban and others, uh, what happened at the get-go, and Mamela, that will affect what happened uh, afterwards, obviously. Second thing I wanted to point out, just it's very fascinating, the, the Haftarah, this past week's Haftarah in Paris, the Ishlach, Chazan Avadja is the entire Avadja, which is one parish, and he was a Ger from Esav, and he gave an avua about their ultimate downfall, Ending with the famous Pulsicle, which is the fulfillment of Yaakov Inu's promise that you go ahead, I'll be there. I'll be there means we'll get there eventually, but by the time we get there, 
it might not be too friendly, but uh, as we mentioned this morning at the Shachris, he didn't want to spend time with Esav because the family would be a horrible hushba, and Esav wasn't really interested in doing tshuva. I want to point out, I'm sure you noticed this as they were laning it, a rare pasuk there, Navi's all about psukim of things that didn't happen yet. That's not rare. It's interesting when we sit here and a couple thousand years later, having been in Europe now, in America, and there's still Jews in Europe, and you have Ferish Apostle, it's the second to last Apostle, if you have that, if you have a Chumash in front of you, Golos Achel Azel of Yisrael Asher Kananim Ad Sarfa. Sarfa is France. There's no other way to translate that. It's referring to France. How, how many Aftaris do you have referring to France? Zero, besides this one. And Golos Yushalayim Asher Besvarad. That's Spain. This is not a Jewish history. This is a Navi. This is a Navi Abadji who lived in Bayez Rishon, way before the Chorban. He was the chief of staff in the time of Ahab and Izeva. And he's talking about the, if you look at uh, all the Biram as a collection of the uh, Rishonim, but the, the, they split up, and that's significant to us over here, that the first part of Dolos Achel Azev and Eisol Shekhanam Atzarfas is referring, believe it or not, to the Asaris Hashvatim. So our discussion weeks ago was, where'd they go? Are they coming back? Where are they? And we're trying to guess on the map. Are they in Africa? Are they in Iraq? Are they in... They might have been in all of the above places, but it says, at surface. They were all over the place, up, and it sounds like including France. We usually leave that to the domain of Yehudim Benyamin and Ashkenazim, or France today is a lot of Sephardim, but that's like our part of history. So Abad just says, not completely. So it's fascinating. The first part's referring to this as the Shvatim. The second part, Golos Yushalayim, that's Yehuda Benyamin, and Levi, Asher B'Svarad. You would think, okay, the Svarad is Svaradim, that's who, we don't know what shape that is, you know, coming from our perspective, but France? France? That's like almost England. So, Pusik says that the uh, first part was the Asher Shvatim, and the second part was, doesn't mean that Yehuda Benyamin didn't move to France afterwards, they didn't go other places, but just fascinating from our context, how far they went. That doesn't mean they weren't in North Africa or in Saudi Arabia or wherever <laughs> they went, but they went to Europe also. Vajra uh, says, and that, he said that hundreds of years before it even happened. But if he said it, then ultimately it happened. It's uh, similar in the, in the parsha in the end when they listed the, uh, the rulers of Edom. So it says, Yaakovina bowed down seven times. They're going to have kings long before we have a king. And it gives a list of the that was also way ahead of schedule. Yes? Is it so fortunate that Tzorfas, which was France in the Middle Ages, is the same Tzorfas? I don't know if it has the same exact borders. I was hoping, only because it's just easy to understand, that it didn't even meet France and it's a borrowed word. But everybody I checked... I don't know. Everybody... Rashi had a lot to do with France. Rashi says it was France. So I can't... You know, he was there. So, uh, does anybody disagree? I don't know. I looked around to see if maybe it was just a word that was co-opted. Uh, I didn't see anybody that says it. And the people who lived in France and Air France uh, said it was France. Yeah. Is it possible also that a Nebula, sometimes because of Shuvah, for various reasons, might not be how, not become true. So maybe, maybe he, he, when the later Nebula said they're going to go to Iraq, right. then therefore that was overruled, and they really didn't end up there from that Nebula. It's possible, but... If we would have had a better ending and the assessors felt them never went to Gulf, they did Shuva and the whole Nuvu was canceled, okay? So then all bets are off. 
But if he's describing, they went into Gullahs, we know they didn't do tshuva, and they went all over the place, that we know. We don't, and their sheet is North Africa, Middle East, up North, South. So there's so many sheet anyway, why would we assume, well, they didn't do tshuva, and they ended up going to Gullahs to all these places, but this, they didn't go. They didn't, you could say that. They, somebody did enough tshuva, they didn't go as far as France, but it's certainly not. <laughs> You mean the first people that came back, yeah? So it could be some level of tshuva, they didn't go as far as France? Possible, unlikely, but possible. It's uh, once, uh, again, if they would have done tshuva, then everything is off. But they didn't, then they went to most of the other places, and as Rashi seems to indicate, as, as far as France. Okay, let's go to the Navi. We again started Chizkiyo HaMelech. There's a lot to discuss here. And most of it's uh, good news with Chizkiyo HaMelech. Let's go back to Melachim Beis, Perik Yud Ches. Let's go back to Pasuk Gimel. As Pasuk Beis mentioned, he was 25 years old when he took the throne, and he will be king for 29 years. Was almost king for 15 years, shorter than that, because he almost died. We will get to that at length. And the Pasuk gives him a full Haskama, Pasuk Gimel, Vayasa Yasha Bein Hashem, Kachol Asa David Aviv. As we began discussing, David Aviv is about the best Haskama you can get, and there are Mepharshim that say that when the Pasuk will say later, he was an unbelievable king, before after. Some say, well, before after doesn't mean including David and Shlomo. That means of all the other kings, no great tzaddikim, Yashafa, Dasa, it'll be afterwards, Sitkiyo, Yoshio. Of all the kings, he was the greatest, but it doesn't mean David and Shlomo. And others say no. It can even mean David and Shlomo. And David and Shlomo were greater, if you look at the comprehensive picture, but in certain midas he excelled. And one of those midas, the Farshim say this, it's amazing, was Bitochen. You said, we're talking about a contrast with David and David Malach is known throughout Navi and Tehillim as the Isha Bitochen, which is certainly true. The Chilik, they point out, is that Chizkiyo is going to display a tremendous iron will in his bitachon of following the Navi at a time when it was, put it lightly, less than popular. David Amalekh at least had an advantage, not taking away anything of David Amalekh's godless, but he had a distinct advantage that he lived at a time when Klai Yisrael was going up, and they saw the Yad Hashem, and they're winning all the wars. Time of Chizkiyo, they just lost 90% of Klai Yisrael, 90% of Eretz Yisrael, and Asher is going to be threatening at his doorstep to invade Yerushalayim. And he still had to be talking to see it through. So that's uh, unique, many of the point. That's unique anyway. The question is, does that mean to even excel uh, what, uh, surpass what David Melech had? Not for us to decide, but it shows you the godless of what we're going to see. Pasuk Dalin. He had many takhanas when he became king. The, the betachan doesn't work in a vacuum. You have to have betachan, you have to be willing to do the Dvar Hashem and the Ratzon Hashem against popular sentiment overwhelming popular sentiment and he's not running a popularity contest. He's trying to be king and he's trying to save Yushalayim. The only way to save Yushalayim is not Bitochen is, you have to have Bitochen to see it through but you have to also fix up what the problem is so you don't go into Golos like the Yerzeres HaShvatim. And they were doing Avodah there and other things going on. So first thing he understood is he has to set out to try to fix things up which as we mentioned last week, why he put a sword in the base medrash or put a man holding a sword and said, this is first Seder, second Seder, night Seder, the Zmanim are posted on the wall, Ben Zmanim is not for another few months, and if you're not here, you're going to be in serious trouble. That's an unusual tactic, even in yeshivas have mashkichim, but they don't carry guns. So that's an unusual tactic, and he did it because it was 
not only bit Torah, but Sakhanis Tafash is not to do so, because if they don't learn, they're not going to drop the Avodah they're not going to turn around. And this is all part of this general Mahalach. Uh, we're going to get to, not this week, uh, the Mishnah in Psachim discusses six things Cheskio did, among many others. Three, the Cham Lameide, and three were not. And even the three they were were big Machlekes. Everything he does here is highly unusual, cutting edge, and very much, as we'd say, Harasha. But he did it, and he will save the day, even the things they didn't agree with. There were the halachic discussions of each of them, which we'll get to one by one. Uh, the first one we're going to list, they certainly agreed. They've been trying to do this for hundreds of years. He's the first one. He manages to get rid of the bombas finally. As we mentioned many times, uh, some of us say some of these bombas were for Vodazar and obviously have to be destroyed. And some say, no, they were old Heliga uh, bombas that they used for Akarvas Akarvan Lashem, Bizman. And the base of Mitish wasn't standing, and it was Mutter to bring a carbon in your backyard, on your deck. And it's been many years since then, and they still didn't want to let go. Even those who weren't bringing Kabbonus, they said, it's an artifact from my Alta Zed, and I'm not interested in destroying it. It's a chutzpah. And he had a lot of hisnagdis. You know, if you're reading Novi here for five years, how can you have hisnagdis? Every single time the Novi signs off, it says, even when the king was good, he didn't get rid of the bummers. So he finally did it. We're clapping. We're applauding. Well, not everybody was applauding, as such as life. Even when you're doing the right thing, uh, the people had tightness. That this king took this halig object and he destroyed my Alta Zedis altar. I wasn't using it. What's the problem? The answer is maybe you weren't using it. Maybe yeah, maybe not. But most people were, and we had to put off with them. So um, even though it was a chiddush, but uh, he did it. That's certainly, if anybody has a bad word to say about that, the asher was that totem pole on every corner. So that's Mamashana Vodazar. Kisei's Nachash Hanachashis, the next hotly disputed act, which this took tremendous gavura. You take somebody's uh, barbecue in their back deck that their great 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 grandfather's grandfather used once for Hakavas Kavanas, so people get uptight about the nostalgia. Okay. You take the, one of the only items around besides, I mean, you had the iron, you had the Cheshen, uh, you had the. Uh, but the only item around that was in public view that not only dated back to Meish Rabbeinu, but it was made by Meish Rabbeinu himself. And it's Beferish and Chumash. They were getting bitten by snakes. Shem told Meish Rabbeinu to make a copper snake. The whole thing is a chiddush. And the look at the copper snake, usually we shy away from these things, but Hashem said to do it because the idea was to look up as they should remember HaGosh Baruch Hu and Davin HaGosh Baruch Hu and remember that it's not a snake that kills, it's Averis that kill, and you'll get a foolish lame from the snakes. And that was done in the mid-burn, it worked. And this thing was held on, and carried on, and passed on for many, many generations. And can you imagine, what would you pay if you go to the Museum of uh, Artifacts from the Dara Midbar? What would you pay to see this thing and touch this thing? The tickets would start at uh, $100,000 and then go up. Just to see it. They had it! They had it, and um, it should have been Gavaldi, a big inspiration. It still works? Yes. Not only do they have it, but it still worked, and that was part of the problem. And this is going to be Chizkiel L'shita Sain. Again, you, yeah, there, we have no king with as many Chedushim and as much Hisnagdus. He had a lot of enemies because of these things. And, and here, we're, we're reading the things first he was right on. And he was right on most things. Uh, he saw there were two problems. Problem number one is people were relying, over-relying on looking at this thing instead of uh, whenever they got sick or had a problem doing tshuva. And that's the same reason why he got rid of the Sefer of Fuas. Now, to see that or read that, the tickets would start at $100 million. Anybody who owned this, this Sotheby's wouldn't know what to do with this. Mahavdul. 
start auctioning this off. A safer refuas, he had a book, and when anybody got sick, there was a refuah in that book. Book up that had a very detailed index, and it was there. Now, that sounds wonderful. The downside is that if somebody, Leilenu, has an issue, the olden days, they went to a Navi, the Navi told them what was wrong, and then they did tshuva, and even if they took a Tylenol, they had a Yeratzim before. Today, we have, uh, for, the, for the easy solutions of the headache here and there, and the, uh, the flu shots, and the uh, strep throat, and the penicillin, and everything, is an easy solution, so people forget the Davids. It didn't Shulchan you're supposed to say a little Yeratzim, even when it's just a headache. But... People weren't doing it, and Chizkiyo expected more from the people, and uh, he knew they needed this chism. And besides the save for her fools, which he got rid of, can you imagine that? Getting rid of the save for her fools? He must have done it at 3 in the morning when I was looking, because they wouldn't have let him throw it out. Or whatever he did, his gun eyes, he, he put it away, and we never found it since. And he claims to have it, I wouldn't go to them. They're probably a quack. So he got rid of it. People, the next morning, there was a lineup. You know, it was on a a pedestal, and people used to go look at it, and probably under glass, and they had a librarian there, I don't know. The lineup, I said, where'd it go? He said, you guys aren't uh, working in your ruchnius, uh, this is not good for you. And the same thing happened to Chash Nechashis, and the bigger problem over here was they were also using it as a Rosar, because it was an image, and they thought it was like a god, and it degenerated into a Rosar as well. That's even a bigger issue, and that's why he felt it's time, not time to get rid of it, but to grind it into a pile of copper powder and then get rid of it which can you imagine the rioting in the streets that uh, Baruch Hashem didn't happen because he was a strong king he did the right thing yes did we ever find it probably from other Mauritian like you couldn't uh, no human being figure it wasn't wasn't one of those medical books on the Rambam it was uh, you know what? Did he write it? He probably had a Masara for it. I don't know if he wrote it. He wrote it first or he, he had a Masara for it? Could be. Usually these things, the Sapiens here all came from other regions, that's what I'm guessing, but it could be uh, somebody very smart either had a Masara or, or put it down, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't going to Abba. You know, also had a, walked around with a gem you can look at. And, uh, so... If you recognize, for Avram Avinu, I can imagine, the reason he held it was a Milo is because he was trying to make a Kiddush Hashem. He's doing Kirov all over the world. If people know the holy man can do this, must be that all our Vodazars are worthless because they didn't help us. You look at him and you get a Fush Lema, so that's a Kiddush Hashem. Avram Avinu told him, it's not a Vodazar, I'm, I'm not a holy man, it's not me, it's a gift from Hashem. So then it could be used in a positive way. Maybe that's why either it was a Messiah or Shalmamel, whoever put it down, felt that it could be useful. But People read about this, they get all bent out of shape. There was something like this around this. Let's go looking for it. <laughs> it's not, uh, you're not going to find it. And um, it's amazing that he had the Gerus HaNefesh to get rid of this. If you imagine, uh, people were not very happy. Not very happy because it's gone, not very happy because now they have to do it the hard way, and that's like doing juva and davening. Uh, but that was the point. And this copper was, uh, was still healing people, that's why he destroyed it? Yeah, and they were using it for Avodazar, both. Both. The, the second one's a bigger problem. Kitas nechash anacheshes asher asa meishem ki arayam mehema yu b'nei Yisrael mekatshen loy. The pasuk says the bigger problem. Vikro loy nechushtam. So they were bringing, uh, burning incense and using it as an avodazara. And to be mazalzel, he called it nechushtam. You look at Rashi. Vikro nechushtam loshem bizayin kolamar matzar bezeh ena elam 
Nachash Nachashis, he says, yeah, it's, this doesn't mean that you can't bow down to it. You bring in Gateris, it's just a piece of copper, which if you're bringing Gateris, you have to put it down to size. Now, Hashemina did make it, it served its purpose then, and it already outlived its purpose and was doing damage, so he got rid of it. Pasuk Hei, Ba'ashem Elokei Yisrael, Botach, his primary mida, among his other tzitkas, Acharav Lahaya Kamayu, as we just mentioned, Bechol Mach Yudav Not before, not after. And again, the discussion is that include David Shlomo. They were certainly greater than him in the totality of it, but maybe the Mida Bitochen, which the Pasuk here highlights, maybe he excelled to the extent that he even surpassed them. And that was his Mida. Pasuk not did he keep it personally, but he again enforced it as the Dinah Machusadina, which it always was, but he a very strong king with a lot of backbone to be able to do it. There is a, a Gemara. We'll read this first one, Balpe. Uh, the second one, I have a handout. Whether anyone's living there? Um, no, it was around somewhere. You need a, so did he have a for them? Probably. It wasn't his primary. That was always a... If you have a Gertosha, like we mentioned in the night here, if you have a Gertosha living there, you can only live there if he keeps his Zion Mitzvahs. But um, I'm sure they always had a few, and uh, it, it's not the primary purpose of the... Uh, there was uh, some groups years ago, maybe even now, had a focus on uh, letting the Zion Mitzvahs be more mafursim and Quote unquote, converting the Gaim to keep the Zion Mitzvah. So some people have asked me on occasion, uh, are we into that? The answer is if you're sitting on the train and you finished uh, your Dafyemi and your Chazar of all the other Sugyas and you're about to take out a kosher paper anyway and you have a guy sitting next to you and he's interested, then it'll probably be a nice thing to let him know about the Zion Mitzvah. Um, if you finished all your Siddharm and you're about to pull the paper, maybe call me first. I might point out that you didn't finish everything, in which case you won't have time to pull out the paper, in which case you're putter. Um, that's Lafouquet, those that held that it was part of their general sheet uh, that we have to be proactive to bring the Mashiach, and part of the Mashiach is to have the Goyim know Zion Mitzvahs, and therefore part of the general program, which is an interesting idea, but um, that's not, it's not our chiv right now to be, uh, to be Makarv, that we have enough uh, on our hands being Makarv our own if we have extra time or resources, it should be used for that. So if we don't have, nobody has unlimited funds or unlimited time. So if you have to, again, if you're sitting next to a guy on a train or a plane and he wants to know anyway and you're not being a kind of anybody else and you're not learning, then sure. But the case of but he's not yet the Melech HaMashiach. Um, your question's interesting because maybe he is or will be or should be or... You know, but again, we don't find any remez that that was his, he's going to have a lot on his hands just protecting Yishalayim and having the Yidin learn. And there's no remez in any Chazal that he worked on anything else. So Pasha says he, he didn't, unless they caught him at a time in between meetings and he had a couple of minutes to spare, which is, uh, which is uh, highly doubtful. But we didn't, uh, and they probably weren't there in great number anyway, because uh, the rest of it sold the north to him. They had all the Kusim and everything, but they weren't interested either. Sure. No, no, for sure. If he had somebody who had, had to live there, he would tell them, excuse me, sir, we're getting rid of that thing in your backyard. Yes. But that wasn't active. He wasn't being proactive in being Makar of them. He just said, you can't do that here. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's, so, that's, that's if, clear. If, if, if we were to, okay, I can't say that, yeah. but if we, if, if we were to say to, to other people, 
Yeah, that's the. Well, that's, what am I supposed to do? You've got to answer that. Yeah, tell them, uh, look up this parsha and read okay. yourself. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But that, that wouldn't take too much time. I'm just saying, La Fouquet, is that our duty now or in general? The answer is, as Yaakovina told Shimon Levi, uh, policing the world is a nice uh, thing to do when you finish with your own agenda and it's safe. Which uh, Chizkiel a lot of time. Yes, he has to get rid of it. If he sees their, their totem pole, he has to get rid of Yes, right. 100%. That's Pasha. Yeah, yeah, they knew. They knew. They knew why. He, he, you didn't have to train them that much. But if they can't do it anymore, the guy's out of business, the guy's doing something else. Nothing to do. That's the point. Nothing to do. They knew the Amis. They said, what do you think? The, the salesman said, well, what else do you want me to believe in? said, you live here. Like, what kind of question is that? Do you believe it? He said, what should you do? I, I don't know. You know. Go play golf. Do whatever you want. Just don't, uh, don't, don't do this on a Sunday morning. It's not, not a very long discussion. Okay, the first Gemara is a fascinating discussion. It's in Avodazar. I think Ephemi uh, started Avodazar. And the Gemara discusses what you're supposed to do after you destroy Avodazar. And it's metal. What do you do with it? You dump it in the uh, East River. You have to grind it up. What do you do with the uh, copper or metal after you grind it up? How do you deal with it? So there's a mission there. B'yesi Aymer. If you have an Avodazar made of metal, you have to grind it up and you have to scatter it in the wind so nobody uses this metal to um, re... Uh, you can melt it again and make something else. We don't want anybody using it. So you have to be Zeh The Chamim say to Rabbi Yesi, you can't even do that. There has to even be a better solution. Afu Zevel... We're not farmers. We don't think in terms of this. And we live in a disposable society, so we don't really reuse anything. In the olden days, everything was used. What we throw out as evil, nothing was worthless and manure from cows, which we don't attach too much importance to. We don't even attach importance to cows. Was a very uh, important commodity. It was used as fertilizer for food. And once told this to a kid, he said, it's a good thing we don't do that now. I said, we don't... (laughs) I told him the bad news. I mean, they're probably chemical fertilizers and life are probably not much healthier, but I said, no, no, there's no... Uh, he said, that's healthy? I said, that's the way it was done since Shashis and Mabracious. So, for, that's one type of fertilizer, but this can order also be fertilizer. And you're going to be Zeyleruch, and these uh, metal uh, uh, dust uh, pieces are going to fly all over the place, land on the ground, and be fertilizers. You're having enough from Avodah You can't do that. So what should you do? So there's a different way to get rid of it. Mocham say you gotta you gotta bury it. it. Has to be in the water. It can't be where it's Zayla and you're it's going on the ground. So Abiyasi says back to Mocham and the Gemara. He says I'm Ferish Raya from Navi that you can grind it up and get rid of it that way. And he quotes our pasuk like and you see that they. Plus, it doesn't say Beferish, it was Elderu, but it sounds like he ground it up, and that's how he got rid of it. And the Chama answer is not a raya, because this Nachash, this Nachash and Nachashis, never actually became a Chersa of Avodazar. They were worshipping it, they were being makter to it, but it wasn't a Chersa of Avodazar itself. Why not? It's a very fascinating Gemara. He says, the Pasuk says, This is when it was first made. Meshavedah was, was told to make one. I say lecha. And they dash lecha mishalcha, which means 
It's yours, your metal, copper, not that expensive. And take it and make it. No. So who owned it in the Midbar? Meshra Benu. We have a golden rule in Hochzavarazar. You can't answer somebody else's object. I can't bow down to your cow and answer it. So this belonged to Meshra Benu. They can't answer it. They weren't doing it for Avodah then. They can't answer it later while Moshe Benu wasn't around. Who yashened it? His children and grandchildren. So you'll say, wait a second. One of his grandchildren was a Galach and Pesel Micha. Answer is yes, unfortunately. But he didn't believe it. And he wasn't Avodah And he wasn't worshipping either. So whoever yashened it, you can't answer it. Part of the Machlegas over here is, was it his? Or did he give it over to Klaisol afterwards? Who, who owned this thing? It had a big price tag. No one was selling it. But there's a debate in the Gemara of Azar. Was this Asr and why did he grind it down and leave it around with Zayla Ruach that could be fertilized? And the answer is it was never Asr in the first place and therefore it's not a riot. I guess it wasn't, it wasn't Mishkan for the Mishkan. No, nothing to do with the Mishkan. The question is who owned it? Whose was it? Who still owned it? Bashar wasn't here anymore. So he has grandchildren, great grandchildren. So who owned it? Yes. Kriyashima. Okay, so it says, Mount Kriyashima now. On that uh, note, uh, we will uh, stop instead of the Pelayayats. I asked Rav Cook uh, to be Mahanas with some Divya Seiris. He will be speaking in Lashon HaKadosh. So if you're not following, uh, ask these two gentlemen sitting right here and many of the others who can follow. And um, didn't want to miss the opportunity. Mitzvah Shem, we will continue next Sunday uh, with the Navi and then Mitzvah Shem Shabbos as well with the Pelayayats. You can turn on.